What's going on, people? It's your boy Kalechi back with another episode of the Ramblin' Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? I hope y'all are staying safe. I hope y'all are taking care of yourselves. I hope y'all are still washing your hands, wearing your mask, staying away from people, doing all the things you know you ought to do during these coronavirus periods, guys. Hope you're taking all the precautions you know you ought to be taking during these times of unprecedented and untimely events that are going on. And we'll be talking about some of those events today. We will definitely be talking about some of those events today. Before we get into anything in this podcast, first of all, I want to apologize if you hear any kind of echoes or if you hear any kind of noise in the background. This is not my normal recording area. I'm actually traveling for work recently. And hey, you got to do what you got to do because the show must go on. And we're going to keep this show going. But anyway, we got a lot to cover. We got the earnings. Of course, we got to talk about earnings. Microsoft reported earnings. Apple reported earnings. Tesla reported earnings. We'll get into that. We'll get into the whole Wall Street's uh, Wall Street bets versus uh, versus Melvin Group, and we'll get into that whole thing going on on that side with GameStop and AMC and BlackBerry and all these stocks that are just exploding for no real reason. We'll get into that, of course, and then we'll finish it out with some good topics on things like the first black woman ceo which is pretty awesome or well i don't think she's the first black woman ceo but she's just the first one in a long time and it's it's good to see and we'll talk more about that as we go into the topics for today we got a lot to cover but we start off with this the reality of the situation that we have is we have had about 2 million people globally die from the COVID virus and about 420,000 people in the United States and the number keeps climbing. And to make matters worse, there are two new strains of the virus, a UK variant that makes it easier to spread and a South African variant that seems to be more deadly according to Dr. Fauci. But the good news is Moderna says that its vaccine can protect from both of these strains. It says that you might need a third booster shot, but it should be able to protect you from both of these strains of the virus. So the question now is, how is the virus, or rather, how is the vaccine rollout going? Are we producing and are we giving people, as the media has called it, the jabs as often and as many people are getting it as possible? As of right now, the United States is not exactly doing the best of jobs at that. If we compare the United States to a country like Israel, Israel is doing about 71 out of 100 people. And in the United States, we're doing about six of 100 people. Pfizer and Moderna has provided about 41 million doses of vaccine. And easy math says that since it takes about two vaccines per person or two shots per person, so it should be about 20 million people should have gotten a shot by now. However, we have only given about 3 million people shots so far. So we're not exactly on pace to be doing what we should be doing as far as getting these vaccines out to people. But Biden, the man who has taken over the White House and is now our president, or as we like to call him on the podcast, President Oluwabidemi, as we like to call him on the podcast, He says in his first 100 days, he plans for 100 million people to be vaccinated. To achieve this, a few companies have volunteered their services to help increase 
the movement of the vaccination. Amazon and Walmart are two companies that know a thing or two about scale and convenience. Walmart says it will use its 5,000 store locations to give people the vaccines. It is hoping to get to about 10 to 13 million people vaccinated. Remember, Walmart, like we said, 5,000 stores, which means it's everywhere in the country. But more importantly, a Walmart is about 15 minutes from most people's homes. A Walmart is just about 15 minutes away, which makes it an easily accessible destination for most people to get to to get this vaccine shot. Also, this is a thing for Walmart as well to show off their new medical route that they're going. In case you don't know, Walmart health is a thing. Amazon says it will use its logistic prowess to get the vaccines where it needs to be as quickly as possible. It will also open up its warehouses to a location for people to get vaccinated. As we all know, Amazon knows a thing or two of how to get a package from one location to another in under a day as quickly as possible. And plus, with all its technical services and all its cloud data services, it's able to do it. Other companies that have volunteered to help out is Microsoft, Starbucks, and Costco's, which have volunteered to or- and already are helping out in Washington to ensure that the vaccines are available to the public. However, never get it twisted. This is not because these companies are just patriots or are just trying to be nice or they're just looking at doing good in the world. No, the reason that they are doing this is because they want their workers to be first in line to get access to these vaccines. This will reduce downtime for their operations and ensure that they can keep things rolling and running. So whenever you hear a company trying to do something nice, it's not all the time that they're trying to do something nice. Most of the time they're doing that thing nice because they know it's going to affect them negatively if they don't do that nice thing immediately. So some other quick hits of some things that Biden has been doing while he's been in office. He revealed a Buy American plan, which is designed to boost American manufacturing and the American economy by getting businesses to buy American goods. In the previous administration or during Trump's administration, this was already a thing, like the whole Buy America was a thing. However, a lot of businesses were able to easily get around the, the requirements of buying America by getting a lot of waivers. And so Biden says that this time around, you have to source your products from the United States. And then if you can't source your products in the United States, you and the White House will have to come together and talk about why you're not able to achieve that. And then the White House will find small businesses and then spend tax dollars to ensure that the goods that you are looking for is made in America. This is basically looking at big businesses and saying, stop going elsewhere. This is basically a challenge to China in a a sense. It's a stop going elsewhere. Our trade deficit is trash. We need to be buying American goods or American homemade goods. This is something that has been going on for years. Every president has been trying to figure out a way to incentivize businesses to shop at home. And this might be the way that he may be able to do it. Also, he provided clarification on what counts as buying America, which sometimes that has been very kind of muddied water as to like, can we buy something that is made in America if it has one component made in America? Or can we buy something that is made in America if I just like get some parts from an American manufacturer? So that's something that is going on. Also, this is pretty big news. We have the Tubman 20s. The Tubman $20 bills are on their way after the Trump administration delayed removing Andrew Jackson as the face of the $20 bill. We should be seeing the Tubman 20s by 2030, which to me still seems like a long way away, but hopefully we actually end up getting it. 
He also reversed the Trump administration ban on transgender people being in the military and reinstated a lot of travel bans on, on 26 international countries from Europe, Brazil, and South Africa, just to name a few. So now to the fun conversations for the day. Those were all quick hits, quick highlights. I just wanted to talk about those things because I'm a serious news reporter. I'm not really, I, I make a podcast, but now it's time for the fun stuff. What happens when in, individuals who typically bet on sports or horses or anything else get bored because we had a global pandemic and then they find out about the stock market? Well, you get a subreddit called Wall Street Bets. This is a subreddit known in the investment community for some of the craziest bets in the stock market. You can literally go back to when we talked about Hertz and how people were buying crazily into Hertz because this was from the Reddit community. This was one of those things that they did, buying into Hertz when Hertz was a bankrupt company and pushing that stock to the moon. Well, they had a new target for their crazy bets and that target was GameStop. I'm sure everybody has already heard about this, but if you haven't, GameStop is a dying retailer that just couldn't catch a break. It just basically with Amazon, the internet, nobody was going to GameStop anymore. Nobody was selling their games back to GameStop. Everything was just kind of topsy-turvy as far as GameStop was concerned. But then GameStop had a change in CEO and the founder of Chewy, if you don't know what Chewy is, Chewy is an online pet retailer that makes all things deliverable for pets. It was one of those things where people didn't think you could deliver pet goods, but like Amazon did for everything else, Chewy did for online pets, uh, pet stuff. So pet food, pet toys, all that kind of stuff. A lot of people use their services. So when they hired him, everyone's like, yo, if he's becoming the CEO, that might be changing the looks for GameStop. So GameStop, uh, or rather, Wall Street bets and some people in Wall Street bets started buying heavily into GameStop. But on the other hand, you had hedge funds. Hedge funds have been shorting the crap out of GameStop, especially after this news came out. And they came out and said, it's impossible. There's no way this stock can survive. This company is definitely going to go bankrupt. And so they shorted the stock. So let me explain what shorting a stock is. You short a stock by doing this. So you go to a brokerage, let's say Fidelity, for example. I go to Fidelity and I say, Fidelity, give me shares of GameStop. Let me borrow shares of GameStop so that I can keep it. And then I'll give it back to you at a determined date. And the hope is that the stock will fall during that time period. And then I can give Fidelity back the, back the stock for a lower price and I keep the profits, right? So that's the whole idea of shorting a stock. But the thing is, shorting a stock, you can have a lot of headaches. It's a very risky play because if anything happens and the stock cart starts going up, you can't short, you can't just keep holding on to the borrowed stock. You have to cover your position, which means you have to buy the stock, which did you have the money for it prior? Probably not. You have to buy the stock and then hold your position to cover your short, to cover your short position. But GameStop was already being bought heavily by the Wall Street betters. And they were pumping into GameStop, like literally pumping and buying a bunch into GameStop, especially after they heard that short sellers were trying to short GameStop. So after hearing that, and after seeing short sellers getting in on it, GameStop started buying more. 
but that caused the stock to pop. And like I said, if a stock starts popping and starts going the opposite way that short sellers have to go, they have to cover their position, meaning they have to buy the stock. And when they buy the stock, it boosts the stock even more. And then it causes this spiraling effect where more short sellers have to buy more of the stock. And it keeps on causing this domino effect where deeper and deeper and deeper to the point where the stock price just explodes. And so began the great squeeze of 2021. Short squeezing just kept on happening. This is what short squeezing is, is when somebody buys a stock and rather than it falling when you short a stock, it starts going up and to cover your position, you keep buying more of the stock. You keep buying more of the stock, which digs your grave even deeper and deeper and deeper. And this actually happened and it's still happening right now. So much so that GameStop is up over 500 or actually 300% in the last couple of weeks. It's ridiculous. So much so that GameStop now has, I mean, now Reddit, Wall Street Betters now has the backing of Elon Musk and Chamath, which are two of the biggest names. These are two major billionaires that have also dipped their toes into the water and joined the small retailers fight against the big institutions. And that's exactly what's going on at this point. It's no longer about fundamentals. It's no longer about the stock itself. This has turned into a whole story about retail investors versus institutional investors. And basically the story goes, it's okay for institutional investors to play around in the market and mess things up and do whatever it is they want to do to make some money. But when retailers do basically the same thing, all of a sudden a lot of people have a problem with it. And so now it turned into this huge fight and the reason why Elon Musk even joined in the first place is because what the Melvin group that I mentioned earlier was one of the biggest shorters of Tesla stock. So to him, he's basically just sticking it to them. He's just sticking it to Melvin group. He first of all, he beat them with the fact that Tesla did not fall. Tesla succeeded. And then on the other hand, now he's sticking it to them through GameStop by supporting all these retail investors. So to me, this whole story is just an amazing thing of how retail investors can possibly challenge institutional investors. Remember, 75% of the market is held by institutional investors. It's not held by you and I. You and I are peons compared to institutional investors. As a matter of fact, we'll talk about one of those institutional investors that actually is kind of trying to use their powers for good, but 75% of the market is, is held by them, which makes it that much more harder for you and I to make money when we're investing in the market. This is why we have to do, I mean, they, they do a bunch of research. They have all the research and it's hard to play that game against them. But in this case, it's pretty interesting that this has gone far and beyond this far as a matter of fact that they were able to do this to this point but it's not just GameStop other stocks like AMC Bed Bath & Beyond Blackberry Nokia are a bunch of stocks that are seeing these amazing unbelievable gains in the last couple of weeks because basically they're just searching out stocks that are being shorted by by Wall Street and basically just saying we're gonna buy into these companies however I just want to warn anybody that is thinking about investing in any of these companies just because you want to dip your toe in and make some quick bucks i'm gonna just tell you this at some point at some point this thing is going to turn the other way and if you're not willing to just throw away the money that you're putting into the stock if whatever amount of money that you put into the stock if you're not willing to lose it please do not invest in these companies it's not even an investment at this point please don't gamble in any of these companies because more than likely you're going to be caught holding the bag when everybody else starts selling out so just 
be extremely careful, especially not even just with these stocks. This is also a thing about just thinking about everything else going on in the market right now. Everything, nothing makes sense, to be honest. A lot of things in the market don't make that much sense. However, you guys keep the main things, the main things, keep focusing on finding good businesses that you can buy at a, at a valued price. Keep looking at the fundamentals. Don't just jump into things because that's the hot new thing that's going on and you're seeing recommendations already. You're seeing penny stocks being recommended on YouTube, on TikTok, on Instagram, on Twitter. Please don't do that. Please stay focused on the fundamentals of investing. Just stay focused, guys. Stay focused. But anyway, let's get into the earnings updates for today. Microsoft was first up. They reported earnings yesterday. And you already know Microsoft is my baby. And well, my baby did good last quarter. Apparently, the pandemic is super favorable to Microsoft's business because whoo, whoo, they hit in records, baby. They hit in records. They reported a quarterly revenue of $43 billion and a profit of $15 billion in the fourth quarter of last year, which are both major record highs that Microsoft has never seen before. They broke through the $40 billion mark in the last quarter. They've never done that before. The keys to Microsoft's success was, of course, Azure cloud services which has actually overtaken microsoft's business as the biggest source of revenue for the company it grew over 50 percent in the last quarter and remember in the third quarter of last year it actually grew 43 percent that's just that is staggering of course that has slowed down from the 70 percent growth that it had in previous years but again you can't expect it to keep growing that fast as it takes more and more market share away from amazon and continues to grow it's not going to be able to grow like massively all the time, but it's still massive growth that we are seeing. Another key part of revenue came from gaming, which grew at 40% during last quarter or during the, the, the fourth quarter of last year. And as we all know, apparently when we at home and we ain't got nothing else to do, we play video games, which is pretty interesting. And gaming is continuing to be a bigger and bigger part of Microsoft's revenue. It's not just from console sales. It's from the services part of gaming that Microsoft is able to get a lot of this revenue. Moving on to Apple. Apple saw <laughs> Apple saw Microsoft and said, hold my a beer. Let me show you how it's done, young blood. And Apple reported quarterly revenues of $111 billion. This is the first time Apple has broken through the $100 billion revenue mark. $111 billion in one quarter. This was an increase of 29% when compared to the same quarter in 2019. And the key thing about Apple is most of the revenue was from their iPhone sales, which previously has been declining year over year, but saw a massive boost from the iPhone 12 to the tune of $65 billion. It's important to pay attention to iPhone numbers because iPhone is kind of like the gateway drug for Apple products. If they can get you to buy an iPhone, they can sell you AirPods. And if they can sell you AirPods, they can more than likely sell you an Apple Watch. And then they can sell you an iPad. And then they can sell you services. And that is reflected in the growth of other parts of their business. Services grew 24%. 
Mac sales grew 21% and iPad sales grew 41%. Now, when we look at Mac and iPad sales, you have to pay attention to the fact that last year was, was basically pandemic driven because a lot of people were switching from working from home and going to school to now working, I mean, working from office to now working at home. And so a lot of people needed more devices. And so we saw that massive growth. But the key thing is once they can get people to buy the iPhone, they can funnel them into other services. It's like a funnel. The iPhone is on the top layer and then they can slowly funnel people down to buy other things like Apple TV Plus or the Apple One subscription or Apple iCloud or Apple, Apple uh, Music. Any of these things, they can easily funnel people to buy all these other stuff. And so it was a blowout quarter for Apple. Finally, we have Tesla. Tesla reported $10 billion in revenue for the quarter. And from delivering about 400 and I mean about 449,550 cars, they were trying to get 500,000, which I'm just gonna basically round it up because it might it was pretty close. However, they did produce 509,000 cars last year, which both of those numbers are record high. However, the negative news: Tesla's gross margins have continually shrunk all of last year as they are selling more Model 3s, which has a lower um, a lower margin for profit compared to their Model S and Model X, which makes sense. Model S and X are luxury vehicles. Model 3 is supposed to be more of a standard vehicle that anybody can buy. The good news is Tesla is continually cash flow positive at about $2.79 billion. However, the thing about Tesla is you can't look at the, the past quarter as it's a company that is still growing very quickly and very fast. It's more important for us to pay attention to their forward guidance which Tesla did not offer anything, which caused the stock to actually go down a little bit. All they said is they expect deliveries to grow at least 50% this year, and they expect to start delivering Model Y or producing Model Ys from their plant in Austin and their plant in Germany. So if you see Tesla down, even though they kind of reported some good numbers, is because people are not paying attention to Tesla for what they did last quarter. They're paying attention to Tesla for what they're doing in the future and how they're going to continue to grow the company. And so that's that's uh, uh, the earnings report for the previous week or Friday for this week. We will probably talk about Amazon and Google next week. So we'll see what all we get reported. But let's close this out with a few extra thoughts that I have about the market as a whole, or rather a few extra things and news that came out. Number one, BlackRock CEO Larry Fink released his annual letter to CEOs, and you might be wondering, why Why should I care about Larry Fink and his annual letters to CEO? That's because Larry Fink is kind of like your dad, or for some of y'all who still live at home and have to listen to your parents, it's kind of like your dad. He may not be able to make you do anything, but he kind of holds your allowance. So technically, he can get you to do anything. You have to remember, BlackRock is the largest asset holder in the world at holding about $9 trillion of assets under its book, managing about $9 trillion worth of assets. If you go look at your 401k, it's more than likely you're funding a BlackRock ETF or a BlackRock in index fund. So it gives BlackRock a major say on a lot of companies' boards, and they can kind of drive the directions that they want companies to go. Remember three years ago when I made the first podcast talking about CEOs not just being focused on profits, but also focusing on other things. Well, part of that was due to this guy, Larry Fink, coming out and releasing his annual letter and saying, hey, CEOs and businesses, you can't just focus on 
buying or making a profit and screwing everybody else up. That was part of his deal. And remember last year, we talked about the fact that he came out and was talking about sustainability and climate risk and how that is the major thing. Well, Daddy Fink, or Fink, Daddy Fink is doubling down on this call and he's asking for CEOs to continually paying attention to the climate risk and making sure that they're moving towards a more sustainable environment. He says that he's going to start voting and actually has already started voting against CEOs that are not making any kind of progression towards a more sustainable goal. And you have to remember, companies need a backbone support of cash inflows and it's easy for a company or for a guy who has all the capital to basically just tell them, hey, do this or we're not giving you any money. And that's basically what he's doing. So I like it because it's pushing the world in a positive direction. It's a good thing that he's using his powers for good, unlike some stupid hedge funds that just want to short a business over 100%. Like, why are you so greedy? But anyway, we already talked about the first black woman or not the first, I don't know why I keep putting first, but we have a black woman CEO, Rosalind Brewer, who is, who or right now, she's now the former COO of Starbucks, and she's now becoming the CEO of Walgreens. This is a big deal because she's literally going to be the only black woman CEO of a company within the S&P 500, and even more so, she's going to be one of five not white person CEO in the S&P 500. So it's a, it's pretty much, it's a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big deal. Uh, one other thing that I like to talk about just because I'm a nerd, SpaceX set the record for the most number, for the most number of satellites launched and deployed in a single mission. On Sunday, uh, SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket launched 143 small satellites to orbit, completing its first dedicated small sat rideshare program mission. I just thought that was cool and I just wanted to put it out there. <laughs> Nobody else probably finds that interesting at all. Um, and then finally, somber news. The man with the legendary suspenders passed away on Sunday. If you do not know who I am talking about, I'm talking about the greatest person to ever do an interview, Larry King. Larry the walking, well, no longer walking. Larry Legend King, the dude, like if you, if you don't know, this dude, I re I still remember some of the interviews when my dad would watch CNN at home. The dude just, he just had a way of being able to bring some things out of people, how, being able to bring raw emotions out of people. And you have to remember, a lot of people, when they go for these interviews, they prep for it because it's national television. And he's able to bring, he was able to bring things out of people that they didn't even expect to bring out of themselves. So, dude is a walking legend. There's a lot that I can learn from from the way he was able to interview people. And most of the time, it was just the way he was able to listen and ask questions. As I continue this podcast and try to grow this thing out, one of the things that I really wanna focus on is if I'm doing an interview, how can I make it better? How can I bring the great responses out of people? Because it's easy for somebody like me who can spend, what is it? It's been about 30 minutes talking to just jump in way too much and not allow somebody to develop their thoughts and speak about things and actually draw out the realness from people. So rest in power, Larry Legend, rest in power. But anyway, that's all I got for y'all. I hope y'all learned one, maybe two things out of this entire thing. And if you did, share this podcast, give it a review, five star, five star, five star, wherever you may be listening to this thing on. And I'm gonna catch y'all later. Remember, generosity 
is always greater than greed. God bless each and every single one of y'all, and I'm out. Peace.